Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer, the home of gaming and geeks. We hope you enjoy our shows, and if you'd like to support us, you can donate to our Patreon. Welcome to The Secret Layer Presents D&D 201. I'm Niall, I'll be your Dungeon Master. And I'm Morgan, I'll be your Dungeon Master. I don't know why that confused me so much, but it did. Um, I'm not used to it yet. <laughs> there ain't room on this podcast for the two of us. I mean, there literally is. Yeah, that's actually, it'd be <laughs> wasted to be strange if there was one yeah. of us. And then just talking. Just, just by themselves. <laughs> That's actually, I've, I feel like that's a valid form of podcast. That's a valid form of DMing. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. At that point, you just talk to yourself though, right? Yeah. Do that's you know, fine. I just do that regularly. Just constantly talking to myself. Anyway. Hello. Hope you enjoyed uh, episode one and you're feeling ready to build your own world. Because that's chapter one of the DMs G. The it, DMs the DMs G. G. Fuck me. It's to be fair, again, not wrong, but yeah, the, the the we last time we kind of talked about the roles of the DM and the three different things as by the book, I guess. So you've got Master of Worlds, Master of Adventures, and Master of Rules. You yeah. Know, three kind of things. And then we're gonna start talking about Master of Worlds. So today we're gonna be discussing like creating your own sort of world, aren't we? Yeah. I mean there's a bunch well, of start it. Yeah, exactly. I mean there's a there's a bunch <laughs> of stuff with D D. So we kinda of said last it's like it could be whatever you're di- what well, you are the DM. It could be whatever you want it to be. Like it can be Cyberpunk, it could be Stone Age, it could be whatever. Cthulhu. Yeah. But there's a bunch of oh, and some people will say to you, Don't use that, there's a different system. Shut up, D D's better. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I was actually having a chat with someone about just general systems and they're like, Oh, this is is so hard. And it's like it's just because it's got so many rules. Yeah, there's so many goddamn rules. But just, but it's like, it's like, okay, oh yeah, but if I want to do a Wild West and D and D game. Oh yeah, but there's a there's a setting that's a system specific for Wild West, right? I don't have the time or the inclination to learn a whole new set. Of rules. And I want to be a wizard. Yeah, I want to be a wizard <laughs> in a western. Anyway. Wizard with a gun. Oh, you can be a wizard. Shut up. I'm doing D- I know D and D. Anyway, <laughs> I know D and D. I, I know, just don't want to do anything. I don't want to think too much, and I've already had to think too much to learn all this shit. Do you know how upset I was when I found that five point five was coming around? I'm gonna have to learn more it's things. It's not though, is it? Let's be honest. Five point five will be like, oh, now you don't have to have it's, it's legacy races. Now you don't have to add. You know. Yeah. You can add whatever you want to your it's constitution. Like, no, my, or my, my, or my orcs will be evil. Yes. Okay, well, the book said. <laughs> or maybe they won't. Fuck you. But it won't because you told me they can't be. Anyway, um, there's a bunch of core assumptions of D&D as a whole, like the kind of stuff that you have to, that you don't have to, rather, that D&D assumes your setting will have and what most people will tend to stick to. And the one we'll delve into most depth with today is that gods are real and they oversee the world. If you want them to be. Well, that's the, yeah, but the core assumption, right, is that your gods are there. Yeah, yeah, when that's read, like the typical D&D. You, I mean, like the cleric, one of the cleric's 10th level abilities is commune with their god. So mm. like, obviously you can reflavor that as you want, but the assumption is they have a god, they talk to them, they're there. And that'll be what we're right. Like, again, you don't have to. I mean, I think it's the Eberron setting where the gods are, are a little distant, yeah. Yeah. They like, still exist, but they're just like, no, yeah, we uh, don't talk to you. No, we you don't go, help you. Go, you're on your own. You're fucked. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's like so many different aspects of what makes a god a god and what kind of god they are that, you know, even when we talk about Egyptians, like the pharaohs were considered gods, even though they were just people sat on mm-hmm. a shiny throne. With lots of gold. But then there's also, so on top of that, and this I feel is one of the most useful ones, especially if you're starting out, the other assumption is that much, the most of the world is just untamed. It's just wilderness. It's yeah. just fucking 
whatever. There's so much stuff that you can go find. And that makes it very easy because A, you don't have to think too much about what's out there because it's all <laughs> mapped. You can make it up as you go along. Yeah. And also it provides loads of room for adventure. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the, the most typical D&D world is that isn't it you've got your gods you've got your big cities you've got your small hamlets and villages but most of it is kind of like unexplored and if it was explored it, it's been lost for thousands and thousands of years and that's where you'll find your secret temples or your hidden secrets yeah. you know oh my god there's this elven kingdom that was thousands of Always years ago destroyed yeah i mean it can be anything but which then, i think is cool yeah but that's the next assumption right the world's ancient like because then you want people to go into old ruins mm. and uncover old mysteries yeah. Maybe your gods changed out as well. Maybe like mm. once there was only two gods, but now there's 20. Yeah. Because people have grown to the power of gods. Kind of yes. Thing. Well, there's plenty of stories with in like the normal D&D lore that people mm. become gods and stuff. Carsis's folly is also a great story, which sort of kicked off the spell plague, which is also coincided with something with Cyric and Mistra. Yeah, I... That's two oh. gods. One, Cyric is the god of evil generation. There, there's a bunch of lore which yeah. exists outside of the stuff, which it's funny because you can ignore, but then it comes up in places, and then I'm like, oh, I've got to read the wiki now. Um, I love it. I, love I do, I do, but uh, I like doing it because I want to. Sometimes I'm reading something, I'm like, don't make me do this. Don't make me do it. Don't make me yeah. do it. I want to do it because I want to do it. That's kind of... So maybe, maybe that's a good place to start i guess in terms of when you're creating your world is decide whether or not you want to follow all the law that's written down yeah, yeah again these assumptions you have to follow and it even kind of says that in the guide it's like you know because the other thing is conflict shapes the world and everything's magical you can throw all that out the window mm-hmm. you will have the easiest time following kind of these because the rules the spells the law like the things around the races and stuff expect these things yeah if you want to do a bit of rewriting, honestly, it's not that much effort. But if you want to be like, magic don't exist, or magic's illegal. So I, in my setting, magic's illegal in other places, or heavily um, policed. Yeah. Uh, which, obviously, you have to talk to your players and be like, hey, so don't make a wizard, because you'll have a hard time with it. Yeah. Um, I always thought it'd be interesting to play that kind of idea of, like, it would be hard to be a wizard, mm-hmm. because there is no magic. Yeah. Like, you're literally finding ancient secrets to become a wizard. So, yeah. it's, you know, it makes your character a bit more special as well. Why do you say there's a setting? Because maybe there's only five wizards in God. the world there's a D&D setting where that is basically it and the only wizards that exist are evil overlords oh isn't that one of the domains of dread mm, maybe but it definitely was a setting it's not Dragonlance it might it's not Greyhawk in fact I think it's in here somewhere just going a little cheeky check I'll join I'll come up later when we eventually find it but there's definitely a setting where in fact did it say it no it didn't say it it's, people will be screaming at their fucking phones at this there is a setting where wizards are really rare and, yeah. <laughs> it's this one you dumb fuck <laughs> yeah thank oh cheers thanks that helped but yeah all those assumptions you can throw out the window but yeah uh, again the other kind of things that you could throw out the maybe the world's new fresh it's literally just happened and you're just a nice little sweet baby your characters are the first humans elves and dwarves to crawl out of the primordial ooze gross yeah maybe the world's like a Coruscant in Star Wars which is just a massive city everything's mapped out as everyone knows where everything is um and then is they, it Dark Sun? Yes, it is Dark Sun. Boom. It's like, <laughs> Dark Sun's like a very grim setting. Like, as far I think it's got some pretty rough themes. Yeah, Dark Sun. Uh, psionics are a dominant aspect of the setting and as commonplace as magic uh, in other D&D settings. Just light of psychic abilities, basically. Mm. Um, the old gods have a long abandoned the world. The campaign setting is a harsh desert world of Athos, very much like Dune. A once lush planet teeming with life, it's since been stripped of its fertility by uncontrolled 
uncontrolled use of defiling magic is now a desolate and savage place where civilization has retreated to city states controlled by godlike sorcerer kings. There you go. Wizards and arcane spellcasters are rarer and usually discriminated against, mainly because most of them are defilers who drain life force from the environment to power their magic. Whereas sorcerers, obviously, you know, they're innately magic. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I have is like, um, this is how I've changed it. Whenever I try to make a setting, I try to make at least one nation that's just the default D&D assumptions because yeah. then I have something to fall back on. <laughs> but then as I grow, let players grow into the world, it's like, okay, so this is something new for you guys you haven't faced. So like maybe there is a part of the world where the gods are just there. They just chill. Like maybe each nation has its own gods and some gods wander about. Uh, maybe there's somewhere where the gods don't inhabit because the people pissed them off or whatever. You can have like a wide breadth of how the world works. Yeah. I mean, little heads up for those of you who are listening to D&D 101 as well. Once we've finished that series, I'll be playing a game of D&D with the guys, Kath and Jordan and some others, hopefully. And that'll be the basic premise is that all the gods anywhere in D&D lore will exist on this amalgamation of a planet and basically like morgan sort of said maybe in some areas they won't be maybe in other areas they will be maybe some of them will be long rumored dead maybe some of them will be you know the ruling gods but yeah it'll be uh, an interesting I an interesting think, campaign i mean it's even when you look at the um some of the original biblical texts the original biblical text the bible the bible assumed that other gods were real mm. so uh uh bible deep law god has a dad <laughs> and a wife uh but that was removed out of no this this is cool yeah god had like like siblings and a wife and a dad but it was kind of taken out and there are a lot of the core assumptions were that other places did have their own gods the what we who was yahweh wasn't the actual only god they was assuming there's other ones but you have um so you could have the same thing in this in your own setting where it's like yeah this part of the world is looked after by these gods but that isn't they've got absolutely no influence there it's like um the idea of american gods where people travel and they bring their gods with them and everyone moves around and oh stuff. cool um and I, that you could even have that <laughs> come on god i'm moving out yeah exactly so like there was a thing that odin the, in american gods are talk about odin came with the vikings to north america yeah and then remained there when they came back so like there's this um and that again another way a fun way to play with this is like how is that because like he missed the ship when they yeah. all went back yeah. he was like guys guys i was i was hung over no don't leave i think the actual <laughs> assumption is that there is an odin back in scandinavia and there's an odin in north america oh. because he they manifest him there as well oh. uh, but and then it's a whole conversation of do people make gods or do gods make people it's a really cool it's a really cool concept i i've i watched the first series and was like this is weird it is weird it's really oh. weird it's a good series didn't though. it get cancelled no it got moved off prime what got moved off Amazon Prime onto another network? It was an Amazon Prime original. Yeah, and then someone else bought it. The fuck. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Gods. Gods. So we're gonna be talking about gods. Um, God damn it. I, we, we acted like it was a tangent. That wasn't. That's that's. That was a pretty accurate. Um, yeah. So the general assumption is a loose pantheon. Yeah. So there is a list of gods, and this is in the back of the player's handbook. There's a list of gods that you can pick from, and everyone worships them in some extent. Um, and it's like maybe you're dedicated to a specific god. Maybe you're like when the farming comes in, you worship one god and something. But then you'll have temples dedicated to like a specific god. So like yeah. one that comes up a lot is um, the goddess of luck, Timora. Uh, Tamora, the goddess of luck, you'll see quite a lot as held by adventurers. But then you have Mistra, the goddess of magic, things like that. And it depends on the situation what people worship him, but then you'll probably have dedicants of them. It's not quite polytheism because each god in official law has its own realm where you go in your afterlife, which doesn't quite align with how polytheism usually works. There's usually one afterlife, but it's its own thing. Um, yeah, should we maybe... All right, so... Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess standard D&D law mm. is basically there's like beings of unimaginable power that mm. are called gods. 
that are attached and somehow attached to concepts and ideas, which are called portfolios. Mm -hmm. So you'll have Timora, who's the goddess of luck. So whenever chance or gambling come into the kind of situation, she gains power from just that situation occurring. Yeah. The fact that it happens gives her power. And that's what makes the strongest god in all Faerun and Shantaea, the goddess of farming, because it's the one that happens the most, which I just think is hilarious. That is good, but also it's true. Isn't it? Uh, oh, well, then also there's the god of gods, Ao. Yeah. So there's the god. Ao. Ao. There's a god who made the god in Forgotten Realms, and he allows them to have influence, but you can't. Something like he's hidden by the sun or something. You can't see him. He's not interactable. I think it's, I think it's meant to be the DM. Do you? Yeah. That's a fun idea. Like, I think it's it's meant to be that idea of like... That's a fun... I hadn't even thought of it. I like yeah. that. That's cool. Because they... I've I've looked a little bit into it, but there's there's literally so many different versions of how the whole thing started, and then they released fizz bands with the um the creation myth for the dragons, which was so mm-hmm. cool, and you know that surmises that there's two dragons that were kind of locked in fight that created uh, Sardor, but then there's also the Asmodeus theory of who Asmodeus really is as well. Yeah, well that's the thing, and, and I think this is the fun thing you can play with our own with with your setting is the fact that you can be. Very yeah because like no one fucking knows no um make it up do yeah. what you want and change it be inconsistent I, I think i said this last time sometimes you'll say something that contradicts something you said before and your players will point out just give them a look just like well maybe you're onto something yeah. um but yeah so that's that's your gods i mean like a quick maybe a quick tangent to the the list that's suggested in in the dmg that helps you out is called the dawn war deities which are kind of like the, that was the latest war of gods and stuff that kind of picked which ones were still standing however there's um a really cool thing that i learned recently that um there was primordials as well so primordials are our gods but they don't need to be worshipped to have superpowers they're basically like because they were formed from the main sort of essences of the universe they're like fully created by that and fully empowered by that and they don't require any worship which makes them almost more powerful than gods because gods require mortals to make them powerful so there's different levels of divine rank and divinity as well so there's actual like a numbering system i think they released it like 3.5 or something like that yeah i was gonna, the thing is there's nothing before fifth edition yeah that's been i mean i think whole fifth head's whole thing was trying to be more light yeah and kind of down to interpretation because there's a little sidebar in the dmg which is like divine rank which is like vague yeah. i know that 3.5 was pretty specific about it right yeah they had like numbers and everything that like you know moradin i think and stuff like that were like divine rank 20 mm. and then like you you would just sort of go down from there and basically the simplest way of thinking about it is that you've kind of got like greater deities that are like you know they're more concepts and ideas and unfathomable Mm. for the human brain they'll sometimes like manifest an avatar but if you destroy that avatar then nothing nothing really bad will happen to them um, there's other gods which are known as lesser deities which are like Lolth from the Abyss and maybe even the Demogorgon to some extent and creatures that exist in the outer planes mm. and they literally like live there and they can be killed like if you kill them in their plane of existence mm. then you will kill them but killing them is very 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 hard yeah and it's worth saying there's exceptions to this right because there's like Tiamat who is yeah. a greater deity but she is trapped, trapped in the Nine Hells yeah, yeah trapped in the second layer of Avernus yeah. first layer Avernus oh, um, due to there's a, deal- a whole book about it yeah <laughs> due to a deal she has with Asmodeus um, that no one knows basically she's there for reasons that 
Booty call. Potentially. Azzy Bazzy <laughs> and uh, Tia Matt, Wea Matt, I don't know. Um, but she has like, she used to be the Archduke of Avernus in old law and now that's not true. I don't know if it's like canonically not true. I think they just went like, like oh, it just never happened. So I think in current law, yeah. she was never an Archduke. She now is just trapped. Yeah. And then the next kind of like deities you get are basically like demigods, which are like half mortal, half god kind of vibe. You know, Zeus's kids. Yeah. Yeah. All of Zeus's many children. Um, then you've got titans, which are almost like you could you could say that they were created by gods. So they're either like physically created by gods, like Moradin's Soulforge creating another god, or two gods getting it out and creating a titan, or you know whatever. And they have the potential to become like lesser deities and greater deities, but they'd have to like fight for portfolios mm-hmm. and things like that. And then the final one, which is probably the coolest, I was just gonna say the most exciting vestiges. Yeah, because like what's more exciting than accidentally awakening a long dead god exactly. as they rise from your blood? Like I was, you missed the opportunity. Just get a little voice effect on for you there, like rise the dead. <laughs> it is I, the smelling one. I have been here waiting for years. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I feel like that is definitely where you like that. The, the rest of them, like, yeah, cool, they exist. But this is like you've gone to a tomb to find out what's going on, and by accidentally bleeding on the floor, you have risen a long dead god that was starved of worship. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And now, um, but yeah, so they're your your big G's. And and like it's really fun to. I mean, for me, I, I get a lot of a kick out of uh, sometimes doing one shots where that happens. Mm. You know, as a DM, I'll be like, oh, we'll play a one shot, and then people are like, oh yeah, we're just going through a tomb, and I'm like, boom, you've awakened the god of the dead who was killed during the dawn war, and then you put them in the next long form game and oh it's, you thought that was it I slayed no you that's that's fucked your game now that's this is fun. this world you now have to clean up <laughs> bye but yeah um, that's kind of like how those work basically in terms of like gods rankings and when you think of like your gods it's nice to have a bit of a hierarchy with your gods but that's the D&D law yeah that's pretty much that sorted out you can go on the wikis I think for me whenever I'm like looking into cool stuff Mr. Rex on YouTube is such a great like big shout out to Mr. Rex so just that that is Mr. Rex yeah rather than Mr. Rex yeah not Mr. Rex it's Mr. M-R-R-H-H H-E-X-X, maybe? Something like that. You'll get there eventually. I think Rex is, yeah, R-H-E-X-X. But yeah, but then that is not the only system, right? He has so, the coolest voice. <laughs> I like it a lot. Sounds nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> he does He does that uh, Christopher Walken, ah, a lot. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but you have a bunch of, um, bunch of other like religious systems. So that's a loose pantheon. That's like, hey, there's gods, and you can pick and choose and worship as you go, and maybe you can dedicate to one if you want, but you don't have to. And then there's some which are clearly it's like Moradin is like your default god of dwarves mm. um celebron huh? your default god of elves Corellian. Corellian. where did i get celebron from grumsh uh, your old god yeah. yeah so you have like your kind of defaults um, we've been talking about them recently in 101 as well you have it's fun to listen <laughs> yeah please. found our all good podcasts i found <laughs> here the secret layer hello with uh, me and morgan come just watch us like we're doing a live show are we uh, no not yet no, we are for the people that are here presently. Yeah, we oh. yeah. Uh tight yeah, so then you've got tight pantheons. So it's like this is tight pantheons are like a more accurate form of polytheism. Yeah. It's like, yeah, these are the gods, this is the afterlife, like you you worship them in specific ways. It's not like just vibe it out. In a in a way, it's kind of like what the elven gods are. Like the Celad yeah. the Celadrin? 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 Yeah, Celadrin, yeah. Celadrin. Uh but yeah, and then on the reverse side of that, there's the dark Celadrin which is pretty cool as well. Yeah. But then even then, that's still kind of loose because you don't have to worship all of them. So it's kind of, it says, it gives an example here of the Norse deity. Mm. It's like a mm. type of thing because it's like, you've got Odin's the dad. He's got his kids. There's another, there's the 
Aesir and the Vanir. Vanir. So you'd like different groups, but they all have like a story and they're tightly related and it's almost like tales that are told rather mm. than just like, there's gods. Who also exist in D&D, by the way. They yes. exist in uh, Isgard. Yes. Which is Asgard, but for D&D. Yeah, there's also, we'll get to that later, it's fine. I was about to go <laughs> to different models of the world, but... That um, will definitely be a later episode. Later. We're not going to blow your little no. brain yet. No, it's okay, don't worry. We'll look after you. And then you get fun. You get your, your kind of, your mystery cults. You get your, like, Oh yeah, probably your, worshipping some vestige. Yeah, yeah. Or you can have like a blood cult, or you can have. Mm. You can even be quite fun, and you can have like. Um, this is stolen from a, a, another game system I play, but you could have like a cult of peace. Uh, no, not a cult of freedom. Oh. But the cult of freedom is actually a cult of anarchy. Oh. So when they talk about freedom, they actually worship a god of anarchy who wants to. I mean, again, this comes into what you think is good or not, but the idea of like chaos should reign, but they're coming under an idea of freedom. You should be able to be free to make the choices you want. Make. Free to fuck shit up. Yeah, exactly. Or not. Exactly. But mainly do. Um, and then there's, uh, <laughs> but you got a cult of peace could be a cult of apathy. Like you can have all these different mm-hmm. things. Like So a mystery cult doesn't have to be on the face of it, like good or bad thing, but mm-hmm. you can play around with that and do whatever you want with it. And then you can be as obvious and oblivious as like a blood cult. Yeah. They like to drink people's blood. Nom, nom, nom. Enjoy. Not vampires, they do it because it's fun. Tasty, salty, full of iron. <laughs> Poisonous, actually. Don't drink blood. Tell that to Liver King. Yeah, I think that's a scam, dude. <laughs> I feel like like he's just, he's doing, that's not. He's happening. throwing up straight after. Oh, absolutely. He's eating that heart. And, and then, then he's going, going yeah, he's going to have a fucking protein shake and a fucking. A wank. Cut, yeah, protein shake and a wank and then going to bed. That's why he's so jacked. He's got no fat on him because he keeps throwing shit up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> fucked. I think there was a whole thing where it's like, you know, where it was like, oh, I want to have a swimmer's body like Michael Phelps. Yeah. The whole, the, there's an idea. It's like, that's a myth. So he doesn't have a swimmer's body because he's a swimmer. He's yeah. a swimmer because he has a swimmer's body. It's the yeah. same thing. Like, the Liver King's built like a brick shells, not because yeah. he eats fucking liver. Yeah. Because it's easier. Anyway, it's not gods. <laughs> <laughs> These are the modern day gods of TikTok. These are our mystery cults. <laughs> Sla- the mystery cult of Liver King. Slay the Liver King. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, give me a second. <laughs> I am Liver King. We must, we must all eat hearts and shit. I will bury your followers, and I will slay you in the name of the Liver King. Oh shit! We've probably blown people's ears up. Totally my fault for fucking with the uh, the volume. Yeah, mystery cult. Bit of a bit of what's going on. Who they worshiping? Is it a vestige? Is this going to end the world? Um, or is it just a group of crazy people? Maybe it's like a real life cult. Mm. Like it's just a very charismatic person who's gonna is just really creepy. <laughs> Michael Madsen thing. Is yeah. That right? Michael uh, Madsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's like the idea that like maybe you can lead your players into thinking they're doing this magical right. cult when actually out. It's just a very charismatic man who's convinced oi. a load of people to do his bidding. Oi, oi, oi. Um, I mean that's pretty intense. They make sure none of your players have any trauma related to cults before you do that. But definitely what are the chances? What are the chances? I know at least one person. So you know someone who's involved in a cult. I'm not going to talk about it. But yeah, no, but... I know. But that, I'm just, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated. Yeah, it's like oh. in Harrogate. No, not like no. boo. <laughs> not something I can. Hi, this is Niall. This is uh, my friend that was in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be introduced like that. <laughs> oh, great! I've been talking cult. about you behind your back. Anyway, um, I wasn't in a cult though. <laughs> Too boring. Uh, monotheism. Yeah, that's just what we got. Well, you know what? Let's 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 make it a bit more D and D. Uh, a friend of mine runs a great campaign where it's a world of, you know, very much like the Dark Sun. People are like in small small cities run by magic users and it is magic that's predominant in the world. But there's only, they're not called gods, they're called hosts. And 
the main worship goes to the one above all called the sovereign hmm. so hosts aren't really gods they're just almost aspects of portfolios yeah that gain some sort of well that's kind of a, a different thing in itself right oh is there a god well yeah the there god is, is god. the sovereign yeah, like okay. the sovereign is yeah, the one that's okay. kind of like the main well yeah which I, I guess you kind of and is he a man or is he a god it's it's really it's a really yeah. interesting campaign setting but yeah. yeah that's monotheism in the sense yeah. that there is the one everyone worships a god yeah but again um, if it was, there's more for us to go through but you can have literally you can have all of these and people believe things you can have the conversation people have now it's like oh yeah like yeah I know you worship like uh, Odin yeah but that's just my god in disguise you just got it wrong. Don't worry about it. I have a good theory about that as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think Loki's Corellian. Hmm. 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 Yeah, something to think about. That's something to think about. Just because they're both shape changes and yeah. both involved in kind of like the idea of trickery and whether or not it's good or bad kind of thing. Corellian can be quite mean. Jeremy's kind of suggested that Corellian is the reason Grumsh hates him so much. <laughs> it was never said that, oh, like, yeah, Grumsh is just a bad guy and he wants to kill all else. It's like, no, Corellian actually did, like, actually fucked with him. Actually removed one of his eyes. Yeah, and also made sure that his people have no land. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, you kind of get why Grumsh is a bit pissed mm, off. He's pissed. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, anyway, that was an idea of monotheism, like, kind of just one god. Yeah, you you go yeah exactly, um, and then you've got dualism, which is like two opposing forces, which is like the Montagues and Capulets. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a Shakespeare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the gods, <laughs> Montague and Capulet. Um, Somebody please make a campaign. If you do make a campaign, please get in touch. Oh, so Montague and Capulet. Um, but like, you can have like, I mean. Christianity is like a really weak source version of this, I guess, because you've got like God and the devil, except the devil's not the devil's not a god and stuff. But that's like a like the idea, yeah. right? Two opposing forces, day and night, life and death. Yeah. Um but then again, I feel like you can go good and evil, but you really don't have to. No, no, law and order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean chaos and order kind of thing could yeah. be a totally Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing about D D, you know, as we are going through this and I feel like I just just say this because it's come up in my head, but I like to introduce all of these different ideas within my settings. Like I like to have like a a place where it is a monotheism. I like to have a place where it is a you know duotheism. I like to have a place where it is a loose pantheon and a tight pantheon. And I kind of like that idea because it it makes the world all that much richer rather yeah. than just one thing. Yeah, and I think I mean if I, before we go into this next one because there's another one about it's called animism and the idea of like um, sp- spirits inhabiting things. Because hmm. that draws a little, well, that is kind of what I think, I believe, a lot of Native American religion is. And it kind of draws me into this idea of you always have to make sure with your group and who you're talking to that you're careful with where you're drawing your sources from and make sure you're doing it in like a respectful way. Because I think there can be sometimes, even if you if you if you've got someone of a faith that maybe so I was raised in a Christian family, but if I had a Christian at my table, I'd make sure I was drawing from that in a way that's not hurtful kind of thing because i don't yeah don't you're not going to insult anyone when you're playing the game yeah you know what i mean by got, shitting on them exactly and then it's like if you're drawing from native american cultures if you need to make sure you're not doing it from like, inappropriately from like closed practices you need to make sure you're being genuine to other people and not being as being disrespectful i guess yeah i think there's just there's just a way of treating things i think if you do things with respect and with love and a bit of kindness you'll probably be fine. Like if you're genuinely interested in something and you want to base a religion that you're creating off of that, then do so knowing that you're creating your own religion. You're not copying. 
yeah. you are making something new. You can draw inspiration, but yeah. don't try and yeah. Don't try and don't try and tie it in with what you've got. Like if you've made a murder cult, don't say, "Oh, this is kind of like Christianity." Yeah, don't say that. Don't because that's not fair. I mean, like we've said before, not all Christians you're are with, murder cults. Uh, but you like, I think we've said this last time. I probably, I imagine, I'll say this a lot. Hopefully, you're playing with friends or people you like, and hopefully, you all know where you're bound. And if you're are. not, stop playing with them. Yeah. Just if you can't have a conversation where it's like, because there's so many things on the, on the subreddit, um, D&D, no, RPG horror stories, yeah. where it's like, this could have been resolved just by talking. Just being like, hey, this ain't good for me. Or I'd rather we, and it's like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll move with it. But yeah, I feel like I'll say this a lot. Just make sure you just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, but talking, you'd be, you'd be surprised at how much talking to your players and just talking to each other helps. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Especially uh, if you're not a cunt about it. If you've got an opinion and somebody else has an opinion and you don't agree, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe just listen to each other. Yeah. And maybe just avoid it. It's a game. But yeah, when it comes to like animism, yeah. it's like draws it's like everything has like a spirit. So like it's kinda of like Native American cultures and you have like it's much less God setting down laws and it's more kind of like being in tune. I guess it's kind of how druids approach religion in D. Yeah. It's kinda of like the everything. natural laws of yeah, the world. Exactly. The other one is one I'm really so I play a game system which has a religion called the way in it. This is the way. This is the way. And the way has seven virtues that you follow. So the afterlife in the way is you can become reincarnated. Before you reincarnate, you have to pass through a labyrinth. And the closer you follow the seven virtues, the easier you will find it to pass through the labyrinth. Mm. I really like the idea. And the seven virtues that you... That's turning chaos into order, if you've ever heard that. That's so there, cool. there's... Uh, what is it? There's... Oh, let's see if I can remember. Courage, pride, ambition, loyalty, prosperity. There's two more as well. Um, I like it though, because uh, there's a few in there that you wouldn't expect because pride is one of the seven virtues, which in Christianity is one of the seven sins. So it's quite fun, the idea that you can have these um, these different forces that you follow, and if you follow them well enough, you'll pass through the labyrinth quickly. This religion actually does have a creator, but no one worships them. <laughs> they created the world, and then everyone's like, yeah, but worshiping will do nothing. It's not, you need to follow the, the way and pass through the labyrinth. What's the system called? Um, it's the LARP system I do, it's Empire, um, Empire LARP. If you do the seven virtues of the way, I'm kicking myself. Oh, vigilance. Oh, I should really remember vigilance. Um, yeah. And I said ambition. All right. Do you want to list them again? I've got them in front of me. Loyalty. Yep. Courage. Yep. Ambition. Yep. Vigilance. Yep. Loyalty. You've already said loyalty. Oh, crap. Prosperity. Yep. Courage. I think you already said courage. Did I say courage? Yep. Fuck. You've missed out pride, but you did say that before. Okay, pride. You've well, got one more. I feel like if I gave you a clue, you'd just snap it up. You'd be like, nom, 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 yeah, nom. probably. Nom. Just give me I'm. Uh, it's a stat in D and D. Wisdom, yeah, of course it's wisdom. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, so that's that's an idea of a, you follow a philosophy. Not everyone in the setting agrees with that philosophy. It unites the people of this one nation, but like it doesn't guide everyone. But that's the idea this place has. It's like you have to follow these seven things, and then you will pass. You will reincarnate quicker, and if you're virtuous enough, you will become a paragon. You will have passed through. You don't reincarnate again. You become kind of like you manage to escape the kind of endless cycle. Yeah, I just had a look at pride and what you're saying about like you know this is obviously like a sin in Christianity, but there's there's an interesting way of like making it a virtue. Like pride conveyed by words alone is vain boasting. Proclaim it by how you conduct every part of your life. That's fucking mint. It's sick don't be complacent 
Yep. Constantly strive for excellence. Embrace your past. So let's be proud of who you are, mm-hmm. which is cool. Never be ashamed of yourself. Uh, the virtuous inspire others to greatness. They do not demean them, which I think is a bit of a like a that's a bit of a kindness. <laughs> it is, but it's, I mean, proud of others, I guess, is another way of putting that. I love it? it because there's other like kind of groups within the setting who disagree with mm. that version of the way. They're like, well, that's not a virtue, and this is a virtue. So the thing I was talking about earlier, like freedom and anarchy cults, some people view those as virtues and they follow them as virtues, but the way it disagrees with the big virtues so that's it that it almost brings into like a very different way of looking at gods and worship is like yeah it's no longer about no my god right no your god right it's like mm, i actually disagree with you on a theological level that following peace will take you through the labyrinth quicker yeah the extension is then so i think you're a heretic and we will have you executed but <laughs> but you have that kind of thing it's like it's no longer like a certainty thing it's yeah. like no we believe that this is a virtue and this is a vice you cannot get through the labyrinth if you follow these incorrectly i think it's really cool i really like mm. that it's a really cool religion i really like the idea um, and it's it's also i find a really easy one to bring into your role play yeah because you can just be like go with be proud like look it's bad in the setting to say good luck Mm. No, go with courage. Go with virtue. It's look. Don't be shit. On. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look has nothing to do with this. Yeah. What you do is what you make of it. So that's the idea. You can, and that's the idea of forces and philosophy. Without going off on too much of a tangent, that you can draw on different ideas and use them to channel you. Mm. That but, is cool. Mm. And it's very paladin. Like the new five V paladin is yes. very much like yeah. You you have like a code of conduct, and mm-hmm. that's what empowers you. Yeah, which I think is a is a cool way of understanding the forces and philosophy. Is like your literal. I mean, in a way, your alignment dictates mm. your power. Oh, the deadly word alignment that nobody likes. It's fine. I've <laughs> it's fine. Been. I don't care. Don't worry about it. But then I guess I guess the next part is kind of just figuring out how you know that fits in with your world. Yeah. How do your How do your guys interact with the gods? Like, what are they? Yeah. Do they? Is it common for a priest to literally have a conversation with a god? Do you have to be a high powered priest? Uh, I play with um, a, a group of people on a, in a company called Roll Together, and mm. their kind of like idea mainly is the idea that if you're a, a warlock or a you know a paladin or a, or a cleric, your gods are very much active. Mm. Like um, Chris is a very great DM, and they whenever whenever somebody's like, oh, I want to talk to my god, they are like more than happy to be like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm your god now. Hello, how are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, sort of like I'm here. The this is the whole point of our relationship yeah. is so that you can talk to me. Whereas I'm a bit more like, you know, I had a, I had a player who's a warlock who's messing with sort of like getting power from a different patron. Mm. And like they've got a current patron, but they're messing around with another one. And they're constantly like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to pray to one. And then if I don't hear back, I'll pray to another one. So I've kind of just allowed them to pray and then be like, you don't hear anything back because why would you do you know what I mean yeah I mean I've definitely got like you're playing both sides <laughs> I, I've I have I usually do it so that they don't get in touch until something big's happening yeah so my yeah. one of my players uh, worships Moradin and recently took some time basically to they'd achieve something mm. they found something uh, maybe partially guided by Moradin to find it but they found it and they were kind of meditating on it and then Moradin got, kind of got in touch and was like you're going to need this I'll be in touch finish your mission kind of thing like being like in much better words than that but kind of being like something big's coming and I'm going to help yeah. and another campaign I've got if you're playing Tyranny of Dragons Rise of Tiamat with me and you're listening to this includes you Emma, Tom, Alex Ed and Haley. fuck off stop listening yeah piss off uh, <laughs> but also Bahamas appeared yeah. oh 
as an old man surrounded by someone uh, knows, none of them know the law. So none of them know it's Bahamut. Yeah. And he came along, gave him a gift, and has been like, and they keep trying to find out who this old man is. And he's talked about he's been in this. My this, name's Fishbat. <laughs> <laughs> he's in this order because they've they've found references from other worlds where he one he had like a monastic order and was a dashing young man, and, and it's quite fun to be like he's getting involved. Can't do too much because of the laws of the gods. They don't let you get too much done, but he's kind of like. Maybe if I give you this arm, I'm not really doing anything. I just picked it up and put it down. I love Muhammad so much. He's such a daft god. Fucking rules. He like he just lives on a little cloud in Mount Celestia that he just floats around on. Apparently, or something like that. Fucking king. He just floats around Mount Celestia like boop 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 boop. Hello. Oh, it's I just mean. me, Fishman, having a fish uh, My life. I love if you read Fishman's Treasury Dragons, the little footnotes he does make me yeah. smile so much. He's like, I hear Bahamut has the nicest and biggest treasure hoard of all of the dragons, and is very clever. <laughs> I'm like, what a f- fuck yes, yes, Bahamut. That's one hundred percent how he should be played at all yeah. times. <laughs> yes. Oh well, I heard it. Uh, Bahamut, probably pretty, pretty, pretty I hear cool I guy. Fucking rule. <laughs> Until he's not, and then all of a sudden he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh, that's not my favorite thing, is to dress dragons up as people. Um, <laughs> so Put them in people clothes. Put them in people clothes. People and skin. Then, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so how do your humans... I, I, I literally just said there, I have one where they don't talk unless something big something happens, but yeah. also a god is literally walking the earth to have a chat. So like, you can do whatever you want, how you do it then. Yeah. Our plan now was to make a pantheon. Or at it? least, yeah, yeah, have a crack at it. So Give you an idea of how we would tackle it to maybe help you tackle it. So the quick way the DMG recommends is you take the different uh, domains. Mm. So like, if you look at the, the really good way to work at the domains is look at the clerics in across all the books and make gods for them. So write down all the domains, uh, basic, and then assign gods to each domain. So your clerics can come into the game and pick a domain and then pick a god that's assigned to it. And there's so many now. Back when this DMG came out, like the first edition, there was like probably like 10 or something. Now that, well, there's probably eight. like there was eight. eight. Yeah, and there's more now. So you've got like divine domain, arcana domain, divine domain. Uh, you got the arcane domain, you got the death domain, forge domain, grave domain, knowledge domain, life, light, nature, order, peace, tempest, trickery, twilight, war. Do you know what I mean? There's just so many different ideas there. So, Twilight. The domain of vampires and werewolves. (laughs) And sad, sad, lonely hearts. (laughs) I love the domain of Twilight. Yeah, no, it's a pretty cool domain, and it isn't as crap as I just made it sound. I was going to say, you're like, I was like, I think Twilight fucking rules. It does. Um, And the goddess Salune, and I felt really silly for real, because it's also about moon magic, a lot of it. Hmm. And I felt really silly not realizing that the reason the moon god is called Salune is because they call the moon Salune in Forgotten Realms. Cool, I didn't know that. I made one of my Twilight clerics a cleric of Shah, because it's also about the nighttime. Okay. So how do we do this? Do we I do... don't know. Maybe we... I, are we going to pick a loose pantheon? Is that kind of the idea? Well, what do you think? Should we do a loose pantheon? Should we go uh, normal? Or should we should we try and make like a, a one that... Well, it's different forces and philosophies or... I don't know. Um feel like the most helpful thing would be probably to create a loose one yeah true because that's like probably what most people will do i I think i think again something that's interesting is to put all these other different ideas like a maybe even a more of forces and philosophy concept with one of your gods Mm. so the way that that god is worshipped isn't through direct worship they're not like ah yes praise be to well let's let's just pick a god here oh Oh, corellian's actually like a perfect example of a force and philosophy corellian will literally not help you like it's He's the elf god, and because he's about chaos and like freedom and and good innate goodness, like he's chaotic good god. He's basically like, nah, fuck you, do what you will. I was just thinking, then you could very much have like, you know, how I was like saying the seven virtues. You can very much have a god with those virtues attached. So like, well, let's I, do um, that then. Cool. I feel like that. All right. So let let's. This is. I guess this is a good 
a good pantheon because it's the paths of virtues. So let's say we took the way from empire, yeah. this LARPing idea. This is, again, this is probably something that you'll do. You'll see a, a thing that you'll like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inspire, inspire. I've actually heard, it's really funny, I've actually heard from the creators of this LARP I do, Empire LARP, saying, just use it. It's fine, I don't care. If you want to write fiction, if you want to do D&D games in the setting, that's cool. So we've, I, we've got permission, we'll use it. Oh, there we are. Uh, so the paths of virtue are ambition, courage, loyalty, pride, prosperity, vigilance, and wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I suggest maybe we pick two gods, one to give the evil aspect and one to give the good aspect. Dualism within philosophy. Boom. Hell yeah. See, let's let's Boom. go different with it. Let's let's like come on. You, we, we, we we can knock this out. Yeah, that's um, totally cool. Have we got something to write this down? On? I've got my iPad at the ready, ready to type in anything <laughs> that we might need. So we've got the first virtue is ambition. If we were to think about the negatives of ambition, right? I would say you're because when you think of like ambition from a positive, you're thinking of striving for greatness. You're thinking of always trying to better yourself. Yeah. So the I guess the good side of that is you know you're striving for greatness, striving for betterment because you know never give up those kind of ideals. Um, you know sometimes the the risk of failure is less than the the benefits of success. Yeah, isn't it really? Yeah, the, the, it's worth the risk kind of thing yeah oh I'll tell you what you shouldn't be afraid of the risk you should be more concerned with the, the success I think a good way to summarise the good and bad side of it is uh, taking risk to yourself for betterment yeah whereas the bad side is risking others for your betterment so yeah. I will take this risk on other people's lives so I can get better that yeah. would be ambition. That's like you, you think you're ruthless CEO or banker. That's like yeah. I will step on whoever I have to step to to get where I need to That's be. That's exactly what it is. It's self-serving, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Rather than for the greater good. Yeah. And you, you're bettering yourself so that you can have more power over others rather than you're bettering yourself so you can help others. Yeah. It's the difference between, I guess, getting strong so that you can defend others and getting strong so that you can subjugate others. Yeah. So one, yeah, like you say, one of it is to better yourself and one is to, like you say, give yourself more power. Mm. They're very different faces of ambition. Okay, cool. I don't know if, if we're thinking about alignment, so that sounds, they both sound lawful to me. I don't know. I feel like ambition can, can have a chaotic... Yeah, I just thought those descriptions, but I don't know. I guess you are right. There's a, there's a certain lawfulness to it. Yeah. So maybe put it like in a little bracket. There's like a lawful. Because you generally want a guide if you were sticking to a for like mm. where your gods are at. So you were like, someone who strives for ambition is typically lawful good. And then someone who's, uh, but you can have people who are lawfully evil striving for ambition. Imagine. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I, you've sold that on me. So you've got lawful good and lawful evil. And I think you've got, when we talk about this is, this pulls fun conflict in because a lawful evil person could be like, I am virtuous. Yeah. I'm striving for ambition. And it's yeah. like, no, this By is my own nature. You're stepping on other people. It's like, I don't care. My God, whichever God we choose. I think Asmodeus is a perfect one for ambition. Yeah, fully. Do we want to make new ones or do we want to steal them? Uh, we could make new ones. Let's, let's say, well, let's, let's see if we're not inspired by any, we'll make one up. So I think you're right. Yeah. Asmodeus is a really good one for that. So Asmodeus is your evil ambition God. He's also like the leader of the nine hells. Like he's the king of the nine hells Very who ambitious. fights in the blood war to yeah. save the universe from the demon yeah. apocalypse. Like so, devils aren't evil because they kill people. They're evil because they get people to join the fight yeah. by tricking them. <laughs> yeah. Well, he could argue that he is the lawful good. He did. He won a he, case. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah well, yeah, he case, did. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, he's like, no, I like if you're worshiping Asmodeus, it's like, are you kidding me? That is the force that holds back the abyss. How yeah, can exactly. you feel that I am worshiping a bad god? There's a there's an interesting thing here on your um, empire page. Uh, despise the weakness that comes from the pettiness and lack of vision. 
Eurovision. <laughs> that's such a, that's such a like a toes the line for both really. Anyone it? that wants to play Empire, just be very comfortable with the fact that you're not the good guys <laughs> by any measure. Like they, the, the Empire is the most backstabbing, merciless group of terrifying individuals. You are not the good guys. <laughs> um, uh, Morgan's opinion, not my characters. Um, <laughs> don't try me for treason. The, the, the members of your lap group will be like, burn the witch! Burn him! <laughs> okay, so ambition in terms of lawful good. So first one that comes to mind for me as a lawful good god, I guess, is Moradin because he's all about creating stuff mm. and pulling from the ground and make, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, I guess. He's the kind of like, strive, make great things, do great things. Be ambitious. Yeah. Do the, do the biggest thing. Do the thing, thing. yeah. I guess, yeah. Moradin is kind of, you know, you get a dwarven god in there, don't you? Yeah. I mean, right. again, I guess Moradin is traditionally a dwarven god. You but could just be, take yeah. the vibe and apply him to anyone, right? I think that's true as well. Yeah. I think I think there's an interesting idea that the gods don't actually look like the creatures that necessarily, you know, fully worship them. They might have created those creatures, but mm-hmm. they their power spans more than just the elves. Mm. I mean, the, the more elves, well, dwarves in case of Moradin, but like the more dwarves there are, great because they're the beings that Moradin created, but the more people who are ambitious is even better. Something I'm realizing as we do this as well, so the idea with the way is you follow all of them. For example, there's a saying that I was, someone said to me this weekend, courage that is not tempered without wisdom is just foolishness. Yeah. And it's fun that you can have I mean, like someone who's worshipping Asmodeus for, for the ambition, but perhaps worships a good god from one of the other virtues. Inherently, they believe in all. And they also might be like, yeah, no, I, I dedicate myself to the virtue of ambition, but I disagree that Moradin is an ambitious god. Like, again, this, 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 there's no strict thing here. You can very much have like, if you're, I've, def- I've had plenty of theological discussions at the table playing D&D with people being like, this is what I think of how I would, and you could have that here. It's like, yeah, sure, no, I, I do dedicate to ambition. Moradin's not an ambitious god. Yeah. What's he done? Asmodeus is the king of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Moradin's just made dwarves. Yeah, we, who cares? But I guess in your in your like in your world or in our world, Moradin could have like been the creator god who created the world. Yeah. Like he yeah. literally built the world. Yeah, exactly. And he's built all the different planes of existence and he had to use all the other gods to help him. And that's yeah. why he's ambitious. Because yeah. it was creative drive to be the best creative man yeah. in the world, kind of thing. But I like this that we've got this kind of philosophy religion with X aspects of dualism, yeah. but it's actually kind of a loose pantheon because you do pull from all of them. You do if you want to however this is, if you want to be the most virtuous, you do need to appeal to all of them and you mm. do pull them all into a different faith and it'll be really interesting to have a character that has evil gods and good gods within their personal it's also cool to say that you know gods have like multiple portfolios as well so like moradin whilst being the god of ambition is also maybe the creator god he's also the god of creation yeah absolutely so that's like another way to think of ambition is through creation yeah never settle for less kind of thing i guess is the creation ambition isn't it don't ever settle for what you've got always aim higher you can always do better you can always do better better yourself which is the good one. Better your life. Like better yeah. your experiences, I guess, is the other one. Like, <laughs> better your experience. I don't need to be a good person. I just need to have a good life. Yeah, I just yeah. need to have everything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the pinnacle of ambition is to be king of the world. <laughs> so, um, you kind of touched on the next one. Courage. Courage. So, uh, I guess, yeah. It, I guess that is, you know, full hardiness, I guess. Is, yeah. Courage well, sounds already... Co- chaotic doesn't it yeah it does <laughs> but That's you know it. courageous in the face of a barbarian screaming yeah. is what's written here you know do not fear to act only be shamed by inaction um cleave to cleave to what you know is true 
I guess that means cling, cling to what you know yeah, is true, even cling. when others wish you wish to make you doubt yourself. I mean, a lot of these. The thing with the way is it very much enforces the political attitudes of the the. Which again is fun for you to do. It's like yeah. your religion is formed by people, yeah. and they'll be like, mm, "This virtue works better for us, so we're going to use this one." Yeah. So we. So it's the same thing there. It's like the empire's like having people that won't stick up for what they think in will not do us any good because then they'll start to doubt that we should be in control. Yeah. So which is fun to play into. So I guess if you've got, courage, I guess yeah, courage also in- increases the chance that those people will think their own thoughts. Yeah. Like, you know, you're always telling someone to be courageous, be courageous. And what they might decide is like, like, why am I listening to you? Yeah. Like you've, you've, you've told me quite clearly actually that I need to be more follow my conviction. Yeah. And, and now I'm starting to think that I'm following yours mm-hmm. and like, that's a dangerous person to have. So yeah, definitely chaotic. And I think like we've got chaotic good and evil here. Absolutely. Well, Corellian's the obvious one for chaotic good because he's yeah. just a prick, isn't well, he? Well, I was trying to think. Because <laughs> would the good version of courage be laying your life before others? Have the courage to put your life on the line. I think it'd be to speak the truth no matter what. Do you think? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah And yeah, I think yeah. I think there's a bit of chaoticness to that because you would speak the truth even if it hurts someone. Yeah. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't necessarily do it the best way. You'd just sort of say it, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And you'd be like, you know... If well, I didn't say courage. it, nobody would ever say it. Have courage to be like, that's you should that's wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. When a hundred people are saying it's right, be the one you know, be the one that's saying it's wrong, kind of thing. I guess that's interesting. So how do you convey that from an opposite? Oh, easy. Do whatever you want at all times. Always acting yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always do whatever you and want. And I'm noticing a theme here that all the evil ones is always selfishness. Yeah. It's the through line. It's always like It's my theory on alignment as well, to like be fair. Evil, selfish, good, selfless, neutral. Yeah. Neutral is like vibe the, based. I think I think neutral is like the situational. I yeah. think neutral is like a vibe real based. cool place to be. Yeah. Like you just you just I think you're at your most dangerous when you're neutral. Speak truth to power and then um take what you um that's very close to ambition. So I'm trying to think how to separate it's them. Do what you want. Do what it's you not want. Not take what you want, it's do what you want. Do what you want. At all times, do what you want, regardless of what others think. Do what you want and do it publicly. Yeah, right. yeah, definitely. Do what you want publicly without shame. It, it, it may it, it there is no there is little there is little courage in being behind the scenes. Yeah, manipulating. stand before the person. Ambition is manipulative, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like behind closed doors, whereas as yeah. like the courage aspect of evil is very much like I'm gonna slap you in front of and everyone. If, if you were drawn at up, your mum's <laughs> funeral, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Uh, if you were drawing from courage and ambition, it would be like, yeah, I have the courage to say what I think. Don't you think I haven't, pu- I've pulled everything behind the scenes. So when I say it, yeah. it all falls into place. Yeah, yeah. So you can still draw on the two, but they're just very different aspects of that kind of idea. Definitely. Definitely. I, I kind of like the idea of like the evil courageousness is like that kind of ability to just walk into a, a bar and, and act like it's your own space. Yeah. And like, you know, you, you take a drink from the shelf. You don't pay someone because yeah. you, you're just doing what you want. And you take look at them and you want. dare them. Yeah. You're like, come on, come on. It's that crazy. It's that, you know, that crazy destruction in somebody's eyes where, you know, they just want to, I don't know, live out their vices. They will rend the crown from the king. And if that king is not an ambitious king, yeah. that crown will fall very yeah, easily. easily pure chaos i All like right. that so i like corellian, corellian for the good one yeah because there's there's definitely a place where courage can become painful mm. uh, or or at least you know hurtful but it is with good intentions he very much went like you guys have fucked up and yeah. I, I disagree with that and i told you I'd, he said to them i told you what would happen if you did that and you did it so bye yeah i'm not yeah. going back on that yeah he was courageous enough to stand by his word yeah. and not falter true to himself 
evil. Yeah, chaotic evil. That's interesting, isn't it? I feel like we might have to come up with a new god because I haven't got one. Because most evil stuff is always behind the scenes. Yeah. Cyric is like an interesting one. He's a, he's a trickery. Like, he's just pure chaos. But that's too... Trickery is like... Courage isn't trickery. Courage is come, come in, grab thing. Yeah. Maybe someone like Fartet. Like something like a... It feels like, like two-syllable strong... Thing. I don't know. Oh, like a like. Uh, well, maybe even just like a almost like a force, like the um, the the devouring one. You know, the one that devours mm. kind of thing, like an empty pit of vice. But that feels a bit too wicked. Do you see? What oh, I mean? yeah, it's not courageous. You, enough. you couldn't have just like, oh yeah, I worship the devouring one, and that then try and debate why that's a good thing. Yeah, you see true. what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. Vartek, Vartek, we'll go for that. What's after courage? Um, it is. Loyalty. Loyalty. All right, let's have a little cheeky gander at loyalty. Oh, this feels neutral already. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> know your heart and what commands its devotion above all else. Even the wicked can be loyal when times are prosperous and judgments are unfailing. The truly virtuous are loyal even through hardship and misfortune. Loyalty is not displayed by words or deeds alone, but by the unity of both. The virtuous build up their fellows, though do not tear them down, and despise treachery. Even the strongest may err, but deceivers will lie again. See, I think loyalty is perhaps one of the most political virtues. Yeah. Because you can very much be like, I have loyalty to my people. Yeah. Just because I do not express loyalty to you does yeah. not mean I am not virtuous. I think this is good neutral, neutral and, and evil neutral territory. I have always liked the idea of if you're up like being about to be executed. Yeah. And being like on this day you've executed a virtuous man. Yeah. I'm loyalty to my people, not the bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. May you be lost in the labyrinth. Like be very much kinda of like, I am virtuous. Yeah, yeah. You are ignorant just because I have loyalty. Just you can't say not it to right people now. who don't deserve it. Because people are like Yeah. Right. Or oh, not to people who don't deserve it. I do not have loyalty to you. Yeah. Why should I have loyalty? Withholding it. Yeah. So I think, and th- but I think it's very political because it's like, okay, yeah, because like if you have, if some people might, if you don't have loyalty to the, the queen or whatever, and think people may argue you're not patriotic, but then on the flip side, you could say, the I am, people. I have loyalty to the people of this country. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, it's, that's, I think, I think you're right. That's perfect ground for neutral because it's like, where is that? Yeah. Where's that go? And I guess the evil side is what you're willing to do for that loyalty. Like yeah. somebody who's loyal good is willing to die. Someone who's loyal evil is willing to kill. Like yeah. that's the difference really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I will kill for everyone that I'm loyal to. Like this is my family, this is my tribe and I will fucking murder you if yeah. you even think about coming near. Fine. Yeah. I'll go so far as to assume that you already want to murder us and murder you first. Yes. Because I'm that I loyal. I will not give you the chance. Yeah. Whereas um, a good loyal person is like, you know, they're a bit more uh, reactionary. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, I think that is interesting. I think that kind of deviates a little bit away from the selfishness aspect, which again gives you more room for kind of, hmm. I don't think it was evil to kill them. Yeah. They were going to kill my, what do you mean? It's like, well, they showed no evidence. Yeah. What should I give them the chance? It's too late then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all going to believe them. Yeah. It's a lot easier to throw fingers now that they're all dead. Yeah. yeah do you know yeah. what I mean? If I'd waited for my family to die, would you have been happier then? Yeah. Because exactly. then they'd be dead and they'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah you can have some fun with that but um, it's definitely evil like it's unquestionable uh, like you know what i mean yeah. murder's murder mate 100 is murder so gods so i'm gonna put them down as I feel like, like gods of war really like gods of war and peace kind of yeah reside here don't I'm they putting down protection oh no defensive and offensive yeah because now and then i feel like that's interesting because everyone sometimes feels a bit i feel like they want to be like no i don't want to give them the chance yeah, yeah. it's a bit of like gods of war and peace here yeah no absolutely you're absolutely right because um, you've got a god of 
of like you know keep loyal to one another let's be all you know let's all be friends and then the god that's like yeah we have a nation and we must protect it the <laughs> best defense is an offense yeah it's a very good offense our enemies cannot kill us if they are dead <laughs> i don't know i i, I automatically feel like grumsh is a great evil god of war mm. Absolutely. Because he is about, you know, power and, and, lo- and loyalty. 100%. And he yeah. was betrayed. I was also going to say, it would be fun to write down portfolios because I realised for these, these two have both got a domain. We haven't put domains, but these two have both got already portfolios of defence, of yeah, protection, of yeah. peace. And then the ones like you say, war, um, death. Kind well, of what thing. have we got? What have we got? With uh, Asmodeus and Moradin, we had creation and ambition. Yeah. And well, we had... Ambition's the virtue. Do we want the virtues to be the portfolios, do you reckon? Or should we keep those I out? think they're part of the portfolio. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Cool. Yeah, I think I think that that's interesting because it doesn't matter how ambitious you are, you're serving both gods, yeah, which yeah. I think is cool. As long as you tap into one aspect yes. of it, you're tapping into both because yeah, you have the potential. Uh, courage, I guess, your portfolio is... Courage and freedom? Yeah, courage and freedom. Yeah. For Corellian. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, then courage and... Still freedom. freedom I think greed. To... Yeah. It's courage to take... Isn't it? Courage to do what you want and take what you want. Yeah. And then defense and offense, I guess, is yeah. the one. War, I guess. And War is a, yeah, a little bracket. Domain, isn't it? So I guess. Perfect for both of them. Yeah. Um, cool. What's after loyalty? Unless you had anything oh, we more need for loyalty. Think of gods for the oh, good shit. one. We oh, got, fuck, we do. Yeah, maybe Oh, we've got Grumsh. So. For your, you know, your preemptive striking. And then a god of like war and peace in a way. Um, Kalania. Goddess of Peace. Is that just a made up name? Just pull that out, man. That was very good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm down. Kalania. I like it. Goddess Kalania. of Peace. Nice. Through Kalania, I am loyal to my people and I will protect them. Cool. I do like the idea of separating. So something I, I, I remember hearing a while ago from a different podcast was religion doesn't work like it does in D&D. Mm. So in D&D, it's like you have elf gods, human gods, dwarf gods. But it's like, that's not really how religion works. And one of the best ways to track where religion moves is trade routes. Okay. So you'll often see that Muslim countries in North Africa arose because trade routes struck up between North Africa and uh, the Middle East. So Islam st- spread because it's like, oh, I have a common language, a common religion. It'll be easier for that to operate. And I like the idea of separating race from gods because yeah. really, that doesn't make sense. Like it's like, I mean, maybe people have creation myths, but it would make sense for it to be like, um, maybe they have different gods or different, maybe different parts of the world operate differently. I guess this is for our one nation. These people are virtuous in this way. But rather than it being like Corellian is the god of the elves, it's just like Corellian is the god of courage. Mm. Grumsh is the god of loyalty. It's not orc or whatever. It's just everyone has different interpretations of what they're like. Do you agree? I like that. Yeah. I'm cool with that. It's yeah. something different as well. Yeah, absolutely. So like everybody's kind of like on this planet, just mixed together. There's no real, yeah. like, you know, god of elves, god of There might be pockets of people of different faiths, but... Yeah. yeah. And what... Um, what would Kalania's other domain be? Maybe like war and peace? Yeah, so we said peace. Uh, so loyalty and peace, I think, didn't we? Loyalty and peace. So I guess if we each one, we have, <laughs> we've got their virtue as one of their portfolio. Yeah, and, and then, then like a little second thing. So yeah, so for example, like Grumsh is loyalty and war. Kalania is loyalty and peace. Yeah. Corellian is courage and freedom. Vatek is courage and greed. Nice. Cool. What's next? Who's next? Pride. Pride. So I I think pride's a really interesting virtue it's given that it's a vice in a uh, sin, sorry, in um Christianity. Christianity. One of the big seven. Yeah. So we've got uh pride is conveyed by words alone. Pride conveyed by words alone is vain boasting. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Pride conveyed by words alone is vain boasting. Proclaiming it Ah <laughs> Come on, I'm believing you. Procl- <laughs> <sighs> Proclaim it by how you conduct every part of your life. Do not be complacent every uh, Fuck! 
Do not be complacent. Ever strive. It's hot in the studio today, folks. Do not be complacent. Ever strive for excellence in that of which you are proud of. Embrace your past. Never be ashamed of it. The virtuous inspire others to greatness. They do not demean them. Despise the half-hearted, the uncommitted, and the pretenders. So. I love it. I feel like this is... um, Is that neutral? It doesn't feel like chaos and order, though, does it? No. Because I guess it's kind of like... It feels like neutral. Neutral good Because it's acknowledging who you are. Yeah. I guess. It's kind of like accepting who you are, but like pride in who you are. And I guess that's the ultimate neutral stance, isn't it? You've only got yourself to rely on. I guess the... the it feels weird to evil, but the bad side of it is vanity. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, be uh, above all else, you are the best, whether or not your actions prove it. So that would be like, I guess, the opinions of nobility. I was born great. I deserve to be great. I'm proud of who I... I'll tell you what you could do. Interesting spin, maybe a bit controversial. I'm proud of my family for what my ancestors did. And that, in turn, makes me a good person. I am of this noble house. Therefore, I'm, good. I'm a good person. That is boasting, though, isn't it? Yeah. So that's the kind of like the, the, the less part. Whereas the other one, it's like, I'm proud of my actions. I'm proud of what I've done. Like the things I do and keep true to myself, I'm proud of them. Mm. But again, that feels, both of these feel like they could be neutral. That's what I'm, that's, that's the Even thing. There, I do like, feel like this is a really like neutral area of like true neutrality so i guess if we're still going for like that dualism aspect of each virtue maybe instead of good and evil we have um internal pride and external pride okay so proud of what you do and proud of what others do so taking pride from a nation rather than taking pride from your own actions and vice versa yeah so if you had and i guess that would be lawful pride lawful neutral would be i am proud in the traditions of my people and my family chaotic pride would be i am proud of the actions that i myself take yeah does that make sense yeah it does it does just trying to like comprehend it a little bit in my head of like what you know what does that mean in Mm. terms of like because it doesn't neither of them seem like you say good or bad do they they just kind of seem a bit well just not lawful neutral and chaotic neutral yeah because again you're drawing on all of these yeah you can be proud of your ambitions but you could be proud of the ambition of your people yeah in a good or a bad way or you could be proud of the ambitions of yourself in a good or a bad way yeah i guess the choice of pride of you know the choice in which you're proud proud of yeah could be proud of the good or proud of the evil couldn't it any of these virtues can stand alone every virtue you need to incorporate so maybe you leave more into heavily but all of them need to be informed by others so the like the kind of lawful aspect of pride would be you, what you've sort of theorized as like pride in your station i think you get pride in something external yeah rather than what you do so like, isn't that external as well no because i would say like national pride is would be the lawful like there's a system around me which i'm proud of whereas chaotic it would be like i'm proud of what i do in itself every moment doesn't matter moment. what the structures that are applied to me I, I am proud of what i do okay do you see what i mean yeah yeah i'm confident in what i do i'm yeah. proud of what i do it doesn't matter R- regardless if it's, of whether it's good or evil regardless of whether it fits in the system that's above me yeah i am proud of what i do yeah and that, yeah okay okay so i get it now yeah. <laughs> So it's like, it doesn't matter if uh, what I do flies in the face of everything my, my people believe in. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So gods that tie alongside that. So we've got internal, external for lawful, internal. They're pride, not very though, good portfolios. But. Pride, of, pride of your station and pride of, I guess it's the, the portfolio is civilization. And then the other. History? Yes. Yeah, history. Yeah, history. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know. History and... We've, we've written ourselves into a corner. Okay, so God of this would be one that encourages free thinking. One that encourages you do... So for the chaotic one, you encourage that you do as you feel. Whereas the 
lawful one would be you you should like oh that's almost like ancestor worship the lawful one not precisely but tradition isn't it's tradition and creation yeah in a way like to to relinquish to be proud in who you are not in what you where you've come from and then the opposite Mm. to be not proud of who you are but of where you come from i mean maybe to draw from the virtue of pride is not to uh, the draw draw to the pride of your ancestors is not to draw on the god at all yeah that like maybe pride itself is a godless virtue it's just it does seem to give itself like it does lean into this idea of maybe self-sustaining doesn't it so i feel like maybe pride is a virtue which it's It's a bit godless isn't it i'm proud of my ancestors i'm proud of myself i think this is like again if you're doing a multiple worship it's like i worship um uh asmodeus the god of ambition Um, and I draw from the pride in my family yeah. through like, and you can still commune with ancestors as well as believing in a God. And you can draw power from both. Oh, you can do it innately from who you are. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I like that. No gods in pride. There's no, there's no gods of pride. Yeah. Because pride. it's a, a fundamentally mortal yeah. philosophy. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So none. Cool. Cool. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe then it's just neutral. Maybe it's not lawful or chaotic. Maybe it is just truly neutral. Yeah. I like having them both there because it's like a dualism thing. I do like being able to. I'm not saying we put yeah, it down no, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. but I like having the idea that you can have those discussions of. Again, I don't think anyone in this world would put those labels on them. No, no. but to have that as kind of being that kind of like these are the two debates. Okay, so I think that's pride. That's fun. That's I, I like it. I like how we're drawing different things into this, mm. like different pantheons, different forms of pantheon. Okay, the next one is prosperity. Another one which I think is fun because it's it's uh, arguably greed from the Bible. Yeah. So strive, toil, and claim the just rewards of your labors enjoy the fruits of your labor today no one knows what the morrow holds there are three things that should never be made food that goes uneaten coin that goes unspent and magic that goes unused the prosperous are not selfish all that is worthwhile is shared to those who deserve it despise the thieving bandit the lazy wastrel the grasping miser and those who take without giving i personally think this is metaphorical and material as in like knowledge and actual material stuff yeah prosperity in the knowledge that you can have because knowledge yeah. can be shared and then so the think, same in material i think it's interesting because i think that's a divorce from what that is saying but i think it's a very good thing that's oh, just do. what i've drawn from it but like the th- idea of like you know magic that goes unused yeah like you have to know how to use magic yeah otherwise you know it would go unused yeah yeah i like that though the idea it's like now you have to spend like it's either like are you rich in happiness are you rich in stuff and a priest of prosperity may be divided on that it's like no it's like yeah cool it's all very good being rich in happiness but that's not going to do anything when a famine comes exactly and there's two faces to that and i think that's lawful and chaotic lawful is kind of like you know knowing where to put that and then chaotic is just collecting it isn't it collecting it for collecting sake yeah building more and more and more and more or like knowing what to do with it yeah it's interesting it's a tricky one but i like it because this this is when the alignment stuff starting to fall apart a bit because you can kind of be like it's not necessarily evil oh well because evil could be found within these because it's it's not the evil to hoard wealth if you're hoarding it for your community but if you're hoarding it for yourself that is greed that's why i think it's a neutral Mm. i think it's a lawful neutral and a chaotic neutral yeah because you either you either do it by the necessity to do so mm-hmm. which is you know we need something so we need to prosper to do well mm-hmm. or there's the prosper for prosper's sake yeah though i do think that mm, this is i would say that's evil but um it depends on your perspective well i think when you're good at something that doesn't actually have anything bad and it just grows and grows and grows for the sake of growing it mm. that's not necessarily evil is it yeah but if you were to have abundance in, in the face of uh lacking for the people 
all of a sudden keeping that is an evil act. But if you shared it, then it kept growing. But is that prosperity? Yeah, yeah, because it says. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Share it. And yeah, true. the truth is, is if you give true, true, true. if you give more out, then other people will grow with you. So lawful is almost like because it does seem to say it seems to be like it's like be prepared, but don't be miserly. Mm. Like spend when you need to, yeah. save when you have to. Seems to be the, Whereas chaotic seems more of like a keep aiming for more. Yeah. Just go for more, 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 more. Yeah. Okay. I think you you know, chaotic is probably a bit more like I don't think it's evil for a tree to take up more sunlight than another plant. The other mm. plant dies because the tree prospers. So how would you represent that as a god? Nature gods, maybe. Maybe mm. a nature god versus a knowledge god. Yeah. So knowledge is like the prosperity of nature and the prosperity of mankind. It almost feels like Maybe the tenant of a chaotic one would be like strength to one is strength to all. Mm. So it's like, if I'm doing well, we'll all do well. I think that's very nature driven as well. Whereas a lawful one is like, we put a system in place that we'll all benefit from and that's utilizing your knowledge. And we must look for things. We must prosper. Whereas nature is kind of like, we we will prosper. (laughs) If you're chaotic and you gather it all and then don't distribute it, then you're kind of you will someone will come for it yeah <laughs> it's so kind then, of that but then that's interesting i have the prosperity to gather the resources i need and the courage i do courage to keep it yeah in yeah. the face of what other which people is think. Evil, and the pride yeah, yeah. to hold on to what i've earned um yeah cool the seven ways can be easily twisted yeah absolutely which is nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and again these the i guess the idea here is because there are there are gods that have been attributed to this we could maybe you could ask grumpsh and he's like i think i fit there yeah exactly. but the people that have made this religion have put grumpsh in the uh courage box <laughs> <laughs> i quite so yeah i quite like the idea of a nature god and a knowledge god ion's obviously a very mm-hmm, obvious yeah. knowledge god um a nature god i feel like I don't know, something like from the Greek kind of idea. Like, yeah, it could do if we don't want to go Forgotten Realms. Um, what, what, what is Forgotten Realms of Gods? Uh, I've written my own for mine. Got um, uh, Malar, the god of the hunt. Yeah. Or Melikiki, Melikiki, the goddess of the forests. I like the one of the hunt. Oh, Sylvanus, the god of wild nature. That yeah. feels very yeah. wild nature as well. Sylvanus. Sylvanus. That's one, two, three. Cool. An oak leaf. There, I like yeah. that. And I think prosperity has room for a lot of debate. Yeah. I can very much see like a, a hoarding aristocrat being like, no, I'm exercising my virtual prosperity. And the people being like, no, you haven't. Distributed. You're not sure. Also, like for a city to prosper, a, a, a forest or a countryside must yeah. submit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also vice versa for, for the nature to prosper. You know what I mean? A, a city must crumble. Yeah, nice. Right. So I think there is a real chaotic and lawful. I, I feel like it's like prosperity of like growth, like pure yeah. growth, and then like and then like gardening. The prosperity of like forging your way. It does feel like the 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 fight between law and it's a very contentious chaos. virtue. I think I quite like that. I like it because cool. I th- I do think the forging quite quickly turns into pride and ambition, yeah. whereas the the chaotic nature of you know of of just letting things grow mm. like if we just if we all died nature would just overgrow us all oh yeah kind of thing yeah we you know it'd be hard in a few years time we it would be we'd barely tell that we even yeah. existed all right number six the path of vigilance <laughs> i don't know why i said it like <laughs> i have that. no idea why you said that <laughs> just felt fun felt i right. love vigilance my character fucking froths for vigilance at the minute froths for fucking vigilance loves vigilance loves a bit of vigi okay from my for, i guess uh, are you gonna do this from memory well, I don't, I don't know the wiki, but I know that the idea of vigilance is always is the idea of being very aware of what's on your border. Like never, don't rest. Yeah. You never know where the next kind of attack might come from. Yeah. But also 
from a protection point of view, watch out for those you care for. Mm. So, you know, exercise vigilance by ensuring those that are important to you and others remain. So I guess that's the kind of thing. Again, it's kind of like, but also don't let yourself be harmed. I guess it comes that internal, external thing. So vigilance of like, uh, I need to remember vigilant that I am not harmed, always looking over your shoulder, kind of ensuring that no one's sneaking up behind you. But also on the other side of that is like remaining vigilant for others. Mm. So That's pretty accurate. It's, it's seek out poison in your neighbor's fields, lest your own crops be blighted, which is really interesting. Do you know what I mean? Help your neighbor, otherwise you're going to get fucked. Yeah. Be alert to all dangers within and without. So yeah, look into yourself as well as others seek out falsehoods and expose the truth mm-hmm. which expose feels very like very much like you know yeah aggressive yeah you exposing the truth is, you know what i mean bring it to yeah, be 100%. out born how it was born naked as the day as the truth was born <laughs> prepare for malice yet thwart malice before it strikes against you which is a bit preemptive isn't yeah. it and despite that which threatens you Oh, despise that which threatens what you watch over, whether it be malice, lies, folly, or carelessness. I feel like this is very, this could very easily turn into like, you know, that tyrannical dictator kind of like police state. Yeah. You know, 100%. we're watching you all the time. You shouldn't be scared of security cameras in your home if you're not, if you're not committing any Yeah, crimes. yeah. If you, yeah. Why would you care if we were watching you at all times yeah. or knowing what you were doing? Why won't you give us your name? It feels like the opposite of chaos. It feels like pure law. Yeah. So I feel like we've got, two sides of law here because I, I think that's fine as well oh yeah like, yeah so i think so when i think of vigilance from my encounters with it you have people that stand on the borders of nations watching ensuring that your people remain safe and that's very much good vigilance yeah but then you can also the say, guard the police yeah sting but then you've got like <laughs> the idea of like, uh, <laughs> you don't have to put on a dress tonight <laughs> Walk the streets for money. So I guess when it comes to vigilance, the question. So how do we do this? What are the two faces? Uh, I feel like it is almost... watching out for others and watching out for yourself. I don't know. I don't know. It feels a bit like I feel. I feel like it. it it's control over because you know if you're always vigilant. I guess I don't know. You've made a good point. It is about yourself or others, isn't it? But that is one way of doing. The other thing can be, uh, I guess, how what are the things would you be vigilant about so it just feels like vigilance is an idea always happens and it's it's the degree of which it I keep happens. trying to go down the road and i keep coming to protecting me and protecting others yeah no but i think i think you're really right yeah. like there is a but can you be one without the other yeah. can you be vigilant for others and not for yourself and mm. can you be vigilant for yourself and not for others mm. do you know what I mean yeah which which again seems like it falls into that category of but ambition again, i like all of well. the, i like all of these for being able to go these are debates you can have in that can be going in at the table or like mm. in your world are very Definitely. much like how how to worship the gods how can you be ambitious how can you be vigilant of others if you do not watch your own back yeah and it's like sir if i die in the name of the people i care for i've been vigilant enough now you've been loyal <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so you can very much be like at my vigilant i practice my vigilance in a way which is good for others i care not what happens to me yeah. but you not- can you could be both as well you could be vigilant I guess that's the point. The easiest way to get to the labyrinth is to balance both of these out. Is yeah. to be ambitious for yourself yeah. and ambitious for others. Yeah, that's the that you know what I mean. I that's just the like key, the idea of being like uh, priests of vigilance, having different gods, and just being like, I think you'll have a swifter journey if you're vigilant in this way. It's like, well, I think you have a swifter journey if you're vigilant in this. That's way. good. That's really good. Yeah. So maybe vigilance is there? A, is there almost like a serving god, like one god for mm. vigilance, the watcher? kind of thing oh the what i'd like the one that who watches yeah. yeah the watcher for like uh, i like that as the external one like watching for others so we just I call him uatu just go over the full oh, level yeah, way yeah. uatu the watcher 
Are Marvel particularly litigious? No, I'm sure they're not. Uh, <laughs> Ever since Disney came for us. <laughs> He's not bald, though. Awawatu has a mohawk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's got a massive head, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. to contain those massive eyes. Absolutely. In fairness, Marvel can go fuck themselves because Uatu the Watcher is now canonically dead in the comic books. It's now Nick Fury. Boom. Big so, nerd came for you there, didn't he? So do you reckon that's the lawful one or the good one? I don't know. I reckon that is neutral good, sucking for others. I just feel like, you know, if, if this is a... I, I like the idea that maybe this god is... That there isn't a dichotomy to it. That the followers have the dichotomy. That this god is just an observer. <sighs> Do we need to follow what you do? Do we, do we do what the watcher does? Yeah. Or do we make up for the watcher cannot do? So, like the watcher watches all of us. You should watch your own back. Or should we follow what the watcher does? Well, it's like wh- wh- the 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 tenant is to observe, isn't it? Is to see what's going on. Yeah. Choosing what to do after is a totally different question. Yeah. To be vigilant is one thing, but to choose what to do once you've been vigilant is a totally yeah, different discussion. Absolutely. So maybe, yeah, this is the one where we've got one god. There's one god of vigilance, the Watcher. Yeah. And I, whilst I remain vigilant over others, I expect him to watch over me. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. You know he's always watching. Yeah. So you must, you must watch over, you know what I mean? Join, join him in a way. Every step you take. Yeah. Bring your breath you make. Watch. Yeah. He'll, He'll be, be watching, watching you. you. <laughs> Every breath you take. It's a really creepy sound. I'll be watching you. Uh, and then cool. the final like one that. is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is the virtuous apply what they've learned. Wisdom knows all knowledge is incomplete. Let every word you speak carry meaning. Do not use foy when four will do. Wisdom is not always knowing the answer. Wisdom is finding the right question. Test what you learn. Only fools accept heresy as truth. Despise folly and chastise the fool that spread it. So. Ooh. What's this then? So I like wisdom being, I like, I've liked that about wisdom, is wisdom is almost kind of knowing what you don't know. So to be wise is to know that you don't know everything. Which is the opposite of the watcher, mm. which I quite like. Yeah. So wisdom, I guess, maybe wisdom is, we could even be a bit funny with wisdom. We can go on, you know, the classic intelligence versus wisdom. Yeah. We could almost make wisdom both break that down into intelligence versus wisdom. Oh. So we can be like, wisdom is what you know and how you use it. Yeah. So I know that doesn't fit into traditional D&D mechanics, which might cause a bit of confusion, but we just say wisdom can be broken down into yeah. what you know and what you how you use it. Um which again doesn't really fall into doesn't really fall into an alignment, I would say. No. So I'm going to put what know how use. <laughs> I quite like that being like I think it's fun to have different ways of thinking about things because your character sheet says wisdom is one thing, but then yeah. the religion says it's something else. Totally different, yeah. So I guess then we've got a god of knowledge and a god of experience. So someone like Ogma, okay, uh, who's a god of knowledge, and then what is it like a god of doing and a god of yeah? So theory. The, Ogma is like like the god that does like the reading. Yeah. So when you're doing research for an exam, you worship Ogma. Ogma, yeah. But then but when you go out to do something, when you're facing the situation itself, what do you do? Yeah. I guess would be the god for that one. A god of experience would be a god of luck in a way, wouldn't it? Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like someone who just sort of, you know, they don't know everything and they're just going in to experience you, it and find out. Yeah. I think that's interesting because... Um, Finding the right answer. You've got yeah. to find it, haven't you? Not by not by I learning and going through books, but you've actually got to experience it. Understanding... That is very lucky. Understanding that you have... Yeah. Because again, in the... It's, this is fun because you take inspiration from stuff because in the setting it'd be like, well, no, it's not luck. Yeah. If you've relied on luck, you failed. Yeah. But I like it being like in this version of the way, it's like luck is a part of what happens and you yeah. have to make sure that they help you. Because we have, we have, that doesn't have idolatry. This has idolatry of gods that we worship. Is that like, yeah. Be on my, give uh, make it be the situations I face be the ones I've read about. Yeah. I like that. So knowledge and luck. 
I quite like the idea as well that like luck is almost seen as something you can create because if you worship the god of luck then you've no longer relying on luck are you yeah because luck is this probability thing whereas the truth is is like if you put yourself into the best mode of confidence and doing something with all the wisdom that knowing that you have no idea what you're doing yeah you'll actually do pretty well but it's another more it's balance it's like yeah. no luck in the world but if you don't know how to deal with the situations the luck throws at you yeah yeah you're gonna need a lot of luck exactly yeah <laughs> and those that reject luck and always have bad luck would probably yeah. rely on learn experience wouldn't they they'd be like oh well things haven't gone well for me in the past so i need to read and i need to understand and i need to do this whereas somebody who was really lucky would be like oh well i know i don't actually know anything and i'm just lawful neutral chaotic neutral yeah yeah i think very very much so time or an ogma time or is that a goddess goddess of luck from dnd is goddess god of knowledge sounds perfect to me awesome we've got two gods of knowledge though haven't we what ayun and ogma yeah I guess so. Doesn't matter though. No, no. But I was just thinking maybe we can think of like a different portfolio for right, both of them. So they both knowledge? Uh, good point. Um, what was Ayun again? Uh, Ayun, we had for prosperity. So the idea of planning. Preparation. There you go. Nice. So yeah. our the knowledge. top of our faith is the way. Do we call it, call it the way? Yeah. The way? Cool. I think maybe, maybe there's this idea of like that's how the world was created yeah. was the way happened and then it split into these forces that we worship as gods so our top religion is the way it's our philosophy yeah broken up into seven philosophies that you need to follow each of those nearly is a dualism of two sides of the same coin and people disagree or taking both taking balance from both um and then each of those themselves are gods which represent it but people take from each virtue so again like i say like at a phrase I quite enjoy is that courage that's not tempered with wisdom is foolishness. Mm. So I like the idea that you're drawing from all of them. So we've still, we've got nearly every type of religious system <laughs> encapsulated in this one religious system, which I quite like. I quite like the idea that there's also, um, you know, there's, there's gods that are like, no, not God, sorry. There's like a church dedicated to this one path, mm. but they're like, oh, you, you know, you, you've, you've asked this question. You should probably actually also talk to this other path whilst mm. trying to trying to find the answer and it's almost like everybody works together none of them are in competition no exactly they're like ambition is just as important as pride yeah and if we have understanding s- ambition something we have we, something we can discuss when we talk about the wider universe is what after the afterlife looks like but mm. if it was something like I say in that setting where it's like you can get quicker through the labyrinth maybe it's like something like that mm. where it's like you have to master all the virtues in every life to, until you get well isn't life like the labyrinth that could be one perspective. Life is one massive labyrinth that you have to yeah. get through, and if you master all seven, is it a socket, ways, is it if you don't? But do you only have one chance to do it? Do you reckon? I reckon there's debate about it. I reckon they don't know. Yeah. They know that there's forces that occur within I'll, this, but well, I like the idea that we can do it because that's what it's in the setting. You have hate cults and stuff. You are like people who are like there are other virtues, but the people that the 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 head of the faith are like no, these are the seven. They're not necessarily right. The the country of Talakuta in the far north could be like, ambition is a terrible virtue. You should not follow that. Or pride, that is arrogance. You are wrong. There's no kind of like, and no one's really been able to certify it. No one's gone, this is how you do it. The gods definitely help and the powers are there, but whether or not that gets you quicker through reincarnation or whether that helps you get to the afterlife is yet to be. So we're almost playing like a, a low god influence world then. Like yeah. they're there, but they don't speak to you. Yeah, or they at least don't tell you the secrets of the universe. Yeah, they tell you, they guide you a path, and they might speak to you, being like, "Go, go here." And if you're like, "God, what happens when I die?" It's like it's radio silence. It's like, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. what should I do here? Oh, turn left. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, where were you? Going to... 
Um, How do I find you? <laughs> cool. The only thing we haven't done is symbols, but I don't think we need to do that for now. Uh, rings of different colors. <laughs> yeah, sick. Um, oh, shit. Hang on. The seven colors of the rainbow. And that's really... But, it's just the pride flag. But put the colors together. <laughs> and they, if you put all the colors of light together, they make white. Okay. So like the symbol of the way is perhaps like a, a, a white circle. Yeah. But each... Uh, each virtue. church has its own color. Verna. This is good. Now, we can decide decide the Muslim one. But I quite like, I think we've got quite a good pantheon there. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us try and, try and help you create a world. Uh, Feel free to use this. We're going to try and tidy it up a little bit and maybe yeah. release it. But yeah, nice. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We've both got busy lives. <laughs> this is true. That's yeah. Yeah, it's what if we could make this, saying, if we could make this my full time job, I'd appreciate it. All right, well, I'll see what I can do. I'll sort that out for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And remember, we are not beholden to your players' experience. Uh, if <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> yeah, whatever you take here, take 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 liberally, but don't you know credit us if they enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only if they enjoy it. Otherwise, yeah, yes, yes only if they yes, enjoy it. Yes, the podcast dog understands. Podcast dog. All right, lots of love, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. Woof. <laughs> <laughs>